This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Thursday. We uh, are in the midst of uh, tearing some things down here in the uh, studio, so pardon our dust as we get ready for a new year and get ready for Thanksgiving. Um, anybody from out of town or out of state? You guys are from? Georgia. Georgia. Tyler, where are you from? Louisiana. Louisiana. Virginia. Virginia. Florida. Florida. And Chip- Long Island. Long Island. Chippy is here. He's in the front. He's going to be on the radio program with me tomorrow, and you are going to want to watch and listen to that show tomorrow uh, as he is a hundred and almost two years old, and he remembers his union card number that he got in the 30s. He was talking to me about uh, the Roaring Twenties and the market crash. He is amazing, and if we have time, we'll get a little preview from him um, a little later on in the program. But it has been an interesting couple of weeks. How's everybody feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty good. Why don't you start? Well, I think maybe the uh, most important thing that uh, when my wife said that we were trekking off to Dallas again with my father-in-law yeah. and meeting him here was to be able to find out a little more, a little more in depth from you as to some of the decision-making that you went through very controversial election. Many of us did not get the candidate that we wanted, but we still got out there and voted and put in the best foot forward for the candidate that we thought could make a difference. Right. And we will hold him accountable. Yeah. And good. we will do the audits and we will make sure that he selects the people that we need to run this country in the direction that unfortunately it has not been going over the last eight years. Good. I hope that he is I hope that he is a wild success, and I hope that everything all of his supporters has said, I hope half of them are true. I hope half of them are true, um, because we are headed for troubled times. And um, now that we're past this, um, you know, maybe we can have a, a conversation um, uh, that is a little less heated, and it is just that, again, my concern, and this is, and this is why I said... Nobody, nobody else is a catastrophist. I'm a catastrophist. I'm not a pessimist. I think everything's going to be a catastrophe. So when you look at it from that perspective, and I look at history on what is happening, I look just this week, um, this morning, in the first hour of the radio program, uh, I talked about what's happening in India and Australia this week. This should be on the front page of every newspaper but nobody's talking about it. And this is the fifth country that has now joined it, major country. Australia has now uh, announced that they are going toward a cashless society and Citibank, Citibank, our Citibank, said about half of their branches will be completely cashless. Now, right now. In India this last week, they have just um, taken all of the bills, which would equate to about a $7 bill. Anything over $7 is now digital. They are handing out credit cards, you know, your, your Bank of India credit card. 
So now everything that you buy is digital. Australia, Sweden is moving in that direction. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to get them wrong. I think Germany or one of those Hessian kind of states has uh, already uh, gone in this direction. We've been talking about it for two years that our Treasury is talking about banning the 50 and $100 bill just for safety. It's not for safety. The banks can make more money if they eliminate cash. If you think this through, if there is a, another financial crisis like 2008, what happens? If there is no TARP, and there isn't, there's no TARP coming this time, the Federal Reserve just put a white paper out that talks about if there is a recession. Well, we know there's going to be a recession. The recessions always come. So if there is a recession, this last summer in the Fed's own white papers, they said they will have to go back to quantitative easing and their first injection into the system will need to be $4 trillion dollars. And they don't think that that will make a blip on the screen. So, what are you going to do? That's why I've said recently, check your bank statements and check the rules. Because after 2008, the banks went back in and they probably sent you something, but it was all in fine print, where they can now give you a haircut. Because what the banks have done, they went to Congress... Congress approved the law. Nobody talked about it. Congress approved the law. Banks changed their their payout system. You are now the lender of last resort. You think that you might owe the bank money. You might think that that's your money in the bank. But the bank looks at you as a creditor. Chris, you took your paycheck. You put it into the bank. You're loaning the bank money so they can do with it what they will and go make other loans or buy other CDOs or whatever. When a bank goes into bankruptcy, or anybody goes into bankruptcy, you have the level. Who gets what first? Your last. Meaning your deposit, your checking account, everything is the last one on the row. So that means that until they pay off their debt, they can use your money, wipe you out, and pay their debt. Nobody's talked about that. Nobody's talked about that. That's, God forbid it happens, but that's what they've just set up for. Now, the way to go, the reason to go cashless is because if you know this stuff is coming and things are trouble, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to take your money out. But if you can't take your money out because there is no money, it's all digits, and they are the ones that have the digits, they hold all the digits, then you can't take your money out. You're in total control of the bank. This is not a conspiracy theory. Look it up. If you're watching the show, pause the show and Google Australia, India, cashless society. It is causing havoc in India. And what are we talking about? We're talking about how 
the president-elect's picks are now in chaos. First of all, they're not in, he's not in chaos. He's ahead of everybody, every other president we have had since Nixon on appointing a cabinet. You may not like them. You may not want them. But they're the guys he pretty much promised. We all knew this is what it was. Good, bad, indifferent. It's not chaos. What's happening in India this week, that is chaos. Because people are going with their cash. They had 10 days to turn their cash in. Now they're walking in with cash and they're saying, well, I, I, I got to buy something with this. Sorry, it's worthless. It's worthless. Yes. Here, let's get, a, let's get a microphone here. Yes. What do we do and how can we put the brakes on that from happening as I, American people? I don't think you can put the brakes on that. Chippy, you remember what FDR did uh, when he had the banking holidays. You're a hundred and uh, almost 102. When they had the banking holidays, that's exactly what they did. They came out and said, by the way, remember, Federal Reserve notes looked different at the time. They had a little blue seal. They don't have a green seal, and I think a gold seal. One was a silver certificate. One was a gold certificate. And it said, does anybody have a dollar? Anybody have any money on them? Yeah. Let, me show, let me show you something. <clears throat> this, 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 this is what it's changed. Here's a dollar. Uh, let me see my glasses. If it's a 20, I would have left the building, but... <laughs> Okay, Uh, this is a Federal Reserve uh, note. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Um, So it's a Federal Reserve note. What it used to say right up here, um, right here, this seal or, yeah, I think it was this seal used to be a different color. It used to be blue. And it, it, it said silver certificate. And you could, it would say, you could bring this in to any bank or any Federal Reserve Bank, and you could say, I want $1 worth of silver. They had gold certificates. I want $1 worth of gold. That's what the gold standard was. This is nothing. This is just paper. And so you, you don't, you don't ha- it, it has no value when they say it has no value. So they can get they can get rid of these. Now, you have to think, if that happened, I don't think you're going to be able to stop it because it will happen the way TARP did. How many of us were for TARP after, after all was said and done? How many of us were for TARP? Right? None of us. But at the time, how many of us went, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, because they were telling us, life as you know it will be over by Friday. The entire thing collapses by Friday. And so everybody went, oh, okay, I don't know. You guys know better. Whatever. Fix it. That's what it will be presented as. And they will shut everything down like ha- happened after 9-11. And they will shut everything down. The markets will close. The banks will close. You better have some cash on hand and some food on hand because it could be, I don't know, three days, five days, two weeks Without cash, right now in Australia, uh, no, I'm sorry, in India this week, you cannot go to an ATM and get more than $36 out a day. So what happens? You have to, uh, cash for that period of time will be worth something. If you see that happen and you have cash, 
and they say, bring your cash in for the next, you know, 10 days, um, and we're going digital, me personally, that's when I go shopping. And I buy everything I think I can get my hands on, and especially things, guns, bullets, food. You have to look for things of barter. You have to look, especially food, because remember, the system will now own you. Think this through. Now, this is just off the top of my head, so there's people that are smarter than I am watching that will be like, no... It's not quite right. But off the top of my head, let's think this through. I get paid. My check, direct deposit. Nothing's changed. However, I also have uh, direct payment to my utility company. I have direct payment for my apartment or my house, right? But everything else I write a check for or I have cash for, if I'm going someplace, I take so much cash and I go to the grocery store with cash, especially if I'm at the bottom of the ladder, I'm, I'm holding on, I take my whole thing in cash, and then I get towards the end of the month and I'm like, okay, which one's going to be paid and which one's not going to be paid, right? How many of us have done that? What am I going to pay and what's going to be late? Well, if you have the utilities... If you have the banks, if you have the banks owning your mortgage and everything else, I can tell you they're going to take their money first. It will just go. You won't have the cash to go through the end of the month and go, which one, which one? I think food's going to be a problem for a lot of people who are living on the edge. I know there was a lot of times that I didn't pay my cable bill or I didn't pay this because I wanted to make the decision. Will you be able to make the decision? How will the people at the bottom of the ladder who don't usually do it except put the cash in their pocket for the month or put it in an envelope, how do they do it? Because the cash doesn't exist. So go buy the things that... um, are, are, barter, are, are things that can be bartered. Yes, Chippy. Glenn, <clears throat> I read everything that you've said. Of the last two years, this has been a common known fact. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the general public picked up on it up until just recently. I don't think they have yet. Exactly what you said. I would like your opinion on... Wait, wait, wait. Before you get my opinion, tell me, do you remember remember the banking closures under FDR? Do you remember Uh, when they... I certainly do, and I remember the the crash of 1929. And when the market crashed, and it has an example here that we have to understand. We got billion and billion, we got hundreds of billionaires. Think of them in relationship to uh, uh, um, John uh, John uh, Morgan. Okay, JP Morgan. JP Morgan. He came in with three million dollars in 1929, and he saved the United States. Uh, uh, system Economy. from collapsing by putting in $3 million in the market. Mm-hmm. Can, can you imagine that? What happens today? 
uh, uh, and another thing I understand, I think you might have alluded to this, that countries around the world are reprinting their currencies. Okay? They're, they're talking about it. It's a, it's a, a reevaluation of the dollar or the yen or whatever it is. It's not going to be worth what it was. And, and uh, the thing that I uh, was most concerned about in reading everything that you mentioned was the fact that we are going to pay a tax if we put money in the bank. Do you understand what that means? Paying a tax, what he's talking about is um, negative interest rates. The rest of the world is going into negative interest rates, which means you put your money in the bank, and instead of getting 2 3 5% a month, they take 1 2 3 5% a month for keeping your money there. So you're paying them for a service they used to pay you for, and that's already happening in Europe. And that's why Europe is ahead of us trying to pull their money out of the banks because they're paying this tax, this negative interest rates. What's happening is, by a negative interest rate, somebody who has a lot of money, a a big institution, they'll say, holy cow, I can now take money and take out a loan and be paid to take out a loan. Instead of owing them more, I'll actually owe them less if I go and take this money out and I go build a factory. So they're incentivized to do that. But they're borrowing your money. And so the bank is using your 1%, 2% to give them 1% or 2%. They're taking the money and they're using that money. But it's the biggest transfer of wealth in human history. From the average working person and the average poor person, anybody who has their money in the bank, to these gigantic corporations and banks, they're taking your money. They're getting wealthy. They're building things. Whether it works or not, their idea is, well, it'll work, we'll create jobs, and then it'll settle down. It's never been tried before. Never been tried before. Anybody who's even tried anything close to this, it always ends in hyperinflation and destruction of the currency. Okay, back in just a second. So on radio today, hour number one, I urge you to go back if you're a subscriber to The Blaze and listen to the podcast today. Um, I told you about what was happening in India with um, the, what is it, the rupee? Um, And then then what's happening in Australia with the Australian dollar. Citibank in Australia is has issued a statement this week that many of their banks in Australia will now be cash-free. They are eliminating cash all over the world. And it is going to come here. It will. That has ramifications, as we have been talking about. Lots of ramifications. I want you to call 1-800-757-GOLD. It will be fine, but it will be very different if it should happen. 1-800-757-GOLD. That's 757-4653 or go to goldline.com. All right, well, we'll get back to uh, Glenn's sunny outlook for the future here in just a second. But first, 
Let's talk a little bit about what happens if things like that do happen. Or if, you know, even the unthinkable like an earthquake happened. I mean, remember New Zealand here, uh, what, last week, that earthquake. People were literally cut off from the rest of the world, cut off from each other uh, right there locally because they couldn't communicate. And that is why we, we are also dependent on these things now. You can't leave your house if you feel like you didn't wear your pants. If you don't have your cell phone with you, you need one of these. You need Gotenna. This is the insurance you need to make sure that whether it's an earthquake and you're, you're cut off from your family or friends or whether or it's something even worse, you can still communicate via text and GPS uh, coordinates with your family, your friends, whatever. Uh, it pairs with your phone via Bluetooth. I've told you this before. It generates its own signal. So, I mean, you could take a phone that doesn't even have service. As long as it has a charge battery, you can communicate, which means it's less of a disaster than it could have been. This is not, again, this is not a want. This is a need. This is a great idea. This was uh, born of, uh, of one of the hurricanes, as a matter of fact. And this isn't just for emergencies either. I mean, think about being in a football game. You can use this anywhere. International travel, you name it. Go right now, blazegotenna.com. Check it. Great gift. Not a bad idea, huh? 50 bucks off a, uh, a pair or $100 off a family four-pack. And uh, military, you get a 15% discount as well. All right, another must-have. And i got to tell you, everybody will tell you, I've kind of got a thing for flashlights. It may be a slight problem because I probably have a dozen. But you need a reliable light. Again, in the event of an emergency or, or worse. Maybe you're walking the dog. Maybe you're just getting out to your car in the dark. How handy would a flashlight that goes right on your wrist be? Pretty handy, right? I just blinded chance behind the camera. This is a very powerful light. You ask anybody in the military or anybody on, like, the SWAT team, uh, local law enforcement, they're going to tell you Surefire is the best name in this sort of lighting. This is a storage uh, unit uh, that we have. This is before. This is with, and I'm telling you, this doesn't even do it justice. It was dark out there, and this lit up the night. 300 lumens. This wrist light is the PLM 2211. And let me just tell you, Surefire never puts these things on sale right now. Because you're watching, if you go to blazesurefire.com, you'll save 20%. They, they've done this just because you are a viewer here of, of the uh, Blaze. And these, again, are used by special forces. These are used by the SWAT team. These are made in America. What else do I have to tell you? It's lightweight. It could end up saving your life. Blazesurefire.com. Christmas is around the corner. Point, counterpoint. counterpoint. You disagree. You've got my father-in-law calling me every other month to be able to say, what do I do with my money? Yeah. You've got my wife talking to me, why do we still invest in stocks? Why do we still have money in the market? Why aren't we taking our money out? And I said, do him up with it. And she's taking You're cash right. out and putting it under the pillow. I'm, I'm a capitalist. Yeah. I take, an, I take a totally contrarian view that we need leadership in this country. Yeah. And whether we're going to get it or whether we're not going to get it with yeah. the current administration that we just yeah. elected, I think we realize the things that are going on. And I listen to you and I listen to the things that you talk about. And I'm a heck of a lot more optimistic about the American people and the American dollar and the strength of the dollar going forward. I think you're going to see that the world is going to be looking at the United States more than it ever has. And that I we are going to have the strongest economy, not only now, but going into the future. Yes, we are borrowing from our, from whatever, 
there's many different ways to borrow money. And money is so cheap today that it's going to foster where we're going to be able to grow our economy beyond anything that we've been able to do over the last eight years that it's had a cap on it. And I believe that we're going to have a stronger economy, higher growth rates, and we're going to be able to pay down some of the debt that we have accumulated. Because the same thing that you're espousing with us as consumers and spenders and buyers is that our government has to get their credibility into sync. Okay, so can't have the thing. $20 I will trillion. Make you a bet. I'll make you a bet on one thing in four okay. years from now. Okay, I will not bet against the economy because the economy is much more resilient than any of us can ever imagine. And there's a million things that could go right. But I will make you this bet. I will bet you that not one penny, but most likely a trillion over, but not one penny will have been reduced on this debt. Guarantee you. In four years from now, this debt is going to be gigantic because no one in Washington is incentivized to do anything with the debt. Spend, 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 especially if we go into a recession. They will spend because of the philosophy that we have always had, which is yours. Money's cheap. is going to grow. Go in, spend it. You can't grow the economy as fast as we need it to grow just to pay off the debt if they start raising interest rates. Once the world does one of two things, raises interest rates, Mm -hmm. they have to. I asked an economist this week, let me give you this. I asked Art Laffer, you know who Art Laffer is? Respect him? Yes. Okay. I asked Art Laffer a year and a half into Obama. He said, you know, we had to raise interest rates Glenn, this can happen. We, we're good. We're going to make it. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. He said, we had to raise interest rates 19% to get us back into line, to suck all that money back in because of stagflation and Jimmy Carter. So we had to raise it 19%. And I said, you think we're strong enough to, to, uh, to handle a 19% interest rate? And he said, no, the economy will have to be very, very strong. And I said, so let's say they continue this for the next four years, for, so two years. So it's four years of doing what they did. Um, what would the interest rate have to be? I don't know. 25%? No, higher than that. 30%? No. 35%? I, I, I can't give you a number. Now, that was in the first two years of Obama to suck trillions of dollars back in, the interest rate has to be so high, it is crippling the economy. We're past the the points of logical levers because when the Fed first opened the floodgates and said, we'll make cheap money, you do that until you don't see a heartbeat, okay? You, You open those floodgates and you let that money flow in and you should see response. The body should respond. At some point, you keep shocking the body and somebody comes up to you and says, enough, stop, they're dead. They just kept opening it wider and wider and wider and that money just kept flowing out. Now, it has kept us floating, but it has not done what it normally does. And that's why the white paper from the Fed says, we'll have to print $4 trillion on a recession and we don't know if it will work. Because the body has flatlined. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you do all kinds of other things, and we have the wind at our back, and we don't have civil unrest, and we don't have war, and, 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 and. Maybe, maybe. No one in the history of the world has done this. No one. This isn't what we've ever seen before. The minute the Fed opened it up and it flatlined, no one has ever, we were at the point of demarcation. Nobody's ever done it and survived. That happened about 2010. We're now six years past that. So can we make it? I'm not going to bet against it, but I will tell you this. Go do your homework on just the bond market. The bond market is where everybody says you put your money. It's the safest place, right? Put your money in the bond. Well, it used to be. Okay, yeah, five years ago, safest place. You got that bond. The bonds are fine. They'll always be great. Put your money in Connecticut bonds. They're the safest you can get. Really? They've paid, even in Dallas, even in Texas, to be able to pay for just the uh, retiring police officers, firemen, et cetera, et cetera. We have to stop all spending right now on everything else to shore that up to be able to make it when this thing starts to mature. Well, that, that's not possible. And we're in good shape. You look at Chicago, you look at these big cities, and once, once people figure out that the bond market is a total sham right now, that you, there's no way to pay for the teacher's pension. For instance, the teacher's pension has always said, we'll have a guaranteed 4% return on our investment. If they don't have a 4% return, the entire thing collapses and people aren't paid their retirement money. Well, they haven't been getting a 4% return. They're not going to get a 4% return. So you, you just have the wheels starting to come off the machine. I'm still in the stock market. I'm still in it because what do you do? Put it in a bank? No. Do I put it in bonds? No. Um, do I put it in gold? Not all of it. Some of it. 10%. Do I put 10% maybe in some stocks? Do I leave it in my 401k? <sighs> yes, maybe. If it's the only money you have saved, I wouldn't put all of it there. Diversify as much as you can. Would I put it all under my bed? No. Do I have cash? You bet. I have enough cash to help me get through, my family to get through, what I would recommend, two weeks to three months of, can you pay for food and gas and everything and have cash on hand in case there's a big disruption? Do you have enough cash for a banking holiday that would probably last two weeks? where you can't go to the ATM because the economy has taken a major hit or there's a, a hurricane and the banks are down. I mean, this happened in Texas where you have a hurricane and you can't get to your ATM machine. Do you have enough cash to be able to handle your family? And then beyond that, it's in crazy zone. Everybody I've ever talked to. Well, Glenn, there is no plan for catastrophic failure. You're right. There is no plan. You were saying, what do you do? 
Yeah, my question is just, do you recommend taking your money out of the bank, you know, if you have some saved there? I would put your money, I would go to your bank and find out what their policy is on giving you a haircut. Find out how many CDOs do they have? What are their investments like? Are they upside down as a bank? Remember, what caused all this problem in 2008 were the CDOs, were the, um, the basic... This guy comes in, he says, I, I want a loan, and I want to buy this house, and I'm going to use the house as collateral, and I'll pay you what I owe you, and if I don't, that house. That used to be looked, like, looked at as a liability to the bank. Okay, well, now we've loaned this out, liability, but it's not a liability. The banks now look at it and say, okay, I need to make, raise more money as the bank. I want to invest in some things. So they go and they bundle a bunch of these together and they say, okay, Bank B, we have all these houses as, as guaranteed payments. They're not going to default on these. And we need a loan from you. And they say, okay, you have those? Yes. Okay, we'll give you a loan. Now Bank C comes in and says... I, I need to buy this, and I have this as collateral, and this is collateral. I need a loan from Bank D. The next bank comes in. I have this collateral, this collateral, this collateral, and this collateral. What happens when Joe Lunchbox defaults? All of them default, because they've all lost their guaranteed collateral. Then you have the question, who actually gets this collateral? Who does this own to? Does this belong to, to the first bank, to this guy, to this bank, to this bank, or to this bank? That's the game they're playing. And that's why it's, it's, it's a house of cards and a very delicate domino. You can't hurt. This is why this, this thing about the wealthiest 1% is such bullcrap. Because the wealthiest 1% know If this guy doesn't make his payment, the scam is up. You can't hurt this guy. This guy has to make his house payment. Otherwise, this bank, this bank, this bank, this bank, and I fail. And that's a much bigger problem than it was in 2008. So the the secret here is go to your bank, ask them, I want to see your investment portfolio. If they're invested in a whole bunch of CDOs and everything else, pull your money out and get into a local bank. Find out if that local bank can give you a haircut. Are you first or last lender of, of, uh, uh, of resort? Where do you get paid if they go under? Back in a minute. Let's go to Tony. Hi. In over the last week since the election, we've seen an incredible emotional response to the results. And, you know, a lot of us um, that, you know, I, I'm about, I'm pretty much your age, raising our kids with a certain set of beliefs. And so we've, we, we have lucky millennials that, that it, you know, receive that. But there's so many that were coddled along the way. And so many that over the last eight years were, were uh, basically raised to believe the government would take care of them. And now they seems like they completely believe that the blankets, the, the, the safety blanket's been pulled away from them, and they're exposed. So, 
while we, you know, in the audience, we do have millennials that were also raised properly that are going to be self-sufficient. But what, what do you, what, what's your response to the overreaction that a lot of uh, younger... I think it is actually an overreaction. I really don't. I mean, do you remember how you felt on Election Day 2012? So I think there's a difference between how did I feel on, uh, on Election Day 2008? I was bummed and disappointed, but that grew when I started seeing things like the front page or the, the cover of Newsweek magazine, we're all socialists now. And I was like, whoa, what? But I still thought it was a group of elites. It was a group in Washington. It was a small group of people that were pushing this way. And they were overplaying their hand. And once the American people really figured it out, Election Day 2012 would be very different. Well, here's Mitt Romney, who was not my perfect candidate. He was not, I mean, he was a progressive, but he was not a Marxist. You know, he loved America. He was a clean-cut guy. He was all-American. And America said, no, we want Barack Obama. 2012. I was devastated. I mean, we talked about putting, you know, a psychiatrist on the air because our whole audience said, I don't even want to watch anymore. I don't care. I don't believe, I don't believe in the system and I don't believe in my neighbor anymore. The, if they vote for this knowingly, well, I don't know what to do. Well, that's exactly what the left is saying right now. The most important thing that I heard from this election was from a reporter friend of mine, Selena Zito. She is brilliant. And she was in the battle. And she talks to the people. She's a great reporter because she's never out. She's always with the people. She's never with the elites. And she said the problem, the, the mistake of the media is that people like me took Donald Trump literally when the people took him seriously. We took him literally and not seriously. They took him seriously and not literally. If you take Donald Trump literally, he is a misogynist, racist, violent, uh, loving man. If you listen to his words and you take all of those words literally, we're in trouble. Well, they did. Half of the country said, he doesn't mean that. He's just, that's him. He's just doing a show. He's just, that's, he's a World Wrestling Federation kind of guy. He's, he doesn't mean that he will rule differently. He will go into the office and he won't be that guy. Well, they don't believe that. Just like they actually believe that we, when we say, they're going to come for the Second Amendment. They're going to come and take our guns. The vast majority of Democrats say, would you guys stop? No, they're not. No, they're not. They're coming for our guns and they're coming in to shut our faiths down. The vast majority of Democrats say, okay, kooky conspiracy guy. Because they don't see the threats the same way. They don't interpret the words the same way. Now it's just reversed. So I think their reaction is completely understandable. Because that's the way I felt in 2012. Well, there's still a lot 
of us, though, that feel that the way a lot of these children were raised and what they were exposed to, because so many parents you know, are, are two working uh, parent households where they're fortunate enough to have two parents or a single parent who's working two jobs, so they're not around their children as much. So they're relying on the schools to raise them. And so the, even local elections for school boards and who set the standards for what kind of teachers are hiring, and that evolves into what's uh, being taught in the schools and what these children are raised to expect which can be very dangerous. Yeah. But that's all of our fault. That's right. not an election. Let me go. Uh, let me let me take a quick break and then we'll come back with Don. Don. Yeah, a lot of people want to blame what's going on on the college system. And then they want to take it down to what's being taught in the high schools. And I live in Florida. They grade high schools A through F. And they want to throw more money at it, more money at it, more money. Money doesn't work. It starts in the home. If people would just start putting the blame on mom and dad or mom or dad or dad or dad or mom or mom, whatever you want to call it, that's where it starts. You know, if you... Or themselves. My dad, my mom and dad were average parents. They weren't fantastic. They weren't horrible. Um, I think we all have our own issues in our own family and we can all either cry boo-hoo, poor me, or we can get over it and move on with our lives. It's, it's not only um, the parents. My parents, I don't ever remember them reading to me, ever. I didn't read a book unless it was assigned to me, and I hated it until I was, until I was 19 years old. And then I read The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I read it all the way through. I loved it. I thought no other book could be that good. I read it a second time. And then I was like, okay, is there anything else about Sherlock Holmes? Until I started going, wow, all these books are great. And, but it was me. But if parents would just take a minute, and I know it's hard in today's society, everybody wants everything. And yeah. somehow that's gotten into the, our mainstream society. But take a minute and just spend time and love your children. Yes. And if you just love them yes. and, and instill some decent morals and values. I will tell you that. They I, might get lost, but they'll come back. I have great hope because I think there are tens of millions of Americans that are doing that, that have great families, great families. Chris. Yeah, I was just going to say, so my wife and I have four kids, the oldest being nine, all the way down to two. Um, And it's true. We live in a society where it's immediate, um, where people want gratification immediately, not, you know, uh, being raised where they don't have to earn anything. Um, It's always the latest, latest thing that they're seeing. But uh, my wife um, accidentally turned on my kids to watching the Roy Rogers show. They think that's like the greatest thing ever. Um, they love the 1960s Batman. Um, my daughter refuses to watch the special editions of Star Wars because the originals are better to her. Mm. Um, and and, and uh, so kids will latch on to these things, not just the the latest Nintendo DS and consumerism and stuff like that. They'll latch on to these old uh, stories and books. And I mean, my daughter has a problem where we go in there at one o'clock in the morning and she's reading. I know. She's nine years old. And you're the same with me, with Rafe. Tanya and I argue all the time. We're like, we're such bad parents. You go in and tell them to stop reading. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just feel like the worst parent. You're like, stop reading books. I I know. Who does that? It's it's this. Now my seven year old son is doing the same thing. I know, but that's good. Um, 
Yeah, but but then you have you. Um, I have family that lives in Nevada uh, in the education system. It's there. pronounced Nevada. Uh, sorry, my bad. I'm Thank from Mississippi. All right. So. All right. Um, but uh, but yeah, lives in Nevada and um, a family member that works in the education system. And there's kids in schools that the the only meals they get are in those systems. My kids are homeschooled, so we constantly talked about you need to do homeschool, need to homeschool. But they're in systems where. If there was this big shift in money taken away from the government schools, these kids would be left with nothing. And and so I've we've been discussing, about, you know, how do you fix this? Because there's, there's such a dis- fix our own neighborhoods yeah. and our own areas first. We strengthen ourselves. There's no way that conservatives see this. This is this is we are very good at giving uh, money. Conservatives are much more generous than liberals are. These are according to studies. But we have to actually engage more ourselves, and we have to be seen. You want to, let's just talk surface. You want to change the, the image of a conservative? Let's be the first always in communities serving. Let's be the first one always seen as serving. Let's, you want to you show America what the conservative party is what conservatives are. Let's not stand around on uh, Inauguration Day and gloat and watch the parade. Let's make it the largest service day in the history of America. Because it doesn't matter who the president is. Yes, our guy apparently won. But we don't have a guy. We have a country and we have principles. And if our guy is successful, he's going to cut programs, which means we better pick up the slack. Because if you want to cut the size of government, you better be prepared to do it yourself. Go ahead, Chris. One minute. That's exactly what I was kind of alluding to here is we have to be, like you said, we have to reach out to everybody else. It's about Americans coming together as people. Yep. We have to do this ourselves. And that's why, you know, that book, The Pendulum, you have to be careful how far you swing it. Even though it seems like we're in control now, there are people who feel disenfranchised. Yep. And it's only going to swing back the opposite direction. Yep. And you'll, we will yep. be feeling just like all these people that are having these riots and things. And, and that doesn't excuse it. that. Right. But. And they will push it. Our guy's not going to always be in charge. They'll push it back. Let's treat the people who are freaking out right now and do to them what we would have loved for them to do to us. You do that? You start to change things. Start to change things. Back in a minute. Dear Lord, we just um, pray that you would be with us during this time as we discuss various topics concerning our country. Lord, we know that um, you are in control you know the beginning from the end. And, Lord, we are living in the present. We're living in um, crazy times. But, Lord, they're not times that we have not seen before. Lord, I pray that you would help us to cling to you, to come together as Americans. And, um, Lord, that we would see your word as prominent in our lives Lord, that we would be as our founders, that we would hold you in high regard and hold your word in high regard, that we would um, teach the scriptures, that we would teach the fundamental teachings of your word. 
Lord, that we can take this, um, take these crazy times, and we can grow as a nation, that we can grow closer to you, that we can be that shining light on a hill that um, Ronald Reagan spoke of. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we discuss, help us to um, be mindful of someone that may have a different opinion. Lord, help us to know that discussion helps us to grow and it helps us to become a better people. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From Dallas. Good night. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply.